TCS Talks, a podcast production of the Tennessee Department of Children's Services. The intention of DCS Talks is to promote dialogue among child welfare professionals, foster parents, and the entire community about ways to prevent child abuse and neglect. Hi, my name is Kate Greer. I'm the Director in the Office of Training and Professional Development with the Department of Children's Services. Today I'm here with Pierce Beckham, who I will ask to introduce himself in just a moment. March is Social Worker Month. We wanted to speak with a few social workers to get a little bit of their perspective on their social work career and working at CCS. Pierce, would you mind introducing yourself? Thanks, Kate. My name is Pierce Beckham. I'm a director in the Office of Child Safety. I work on policy development, training, and direct supervision of all of Child Protective Services across the state of Tennessee. You may also see me associated with the Safe Measures Data Dashboard Program as well. Okay, great. Well, thanks very much for being with us here today, Pierce. I appreciate it. Would you tell me a little bit about what made you interested in being a social worker? So I didn't go into my college career, professional career, really thinking about social work. I went to a college and bounced between a lot of programs for a while, but one of the things that I found consistent uh, through my undergraduate and graduate careers was I was very heavily involved in social justice-oriented initiatives around race, around ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity. So there's a lot of community organizing that was happening on campus. I became very active and involved in political action and community organizing. So I quickly realized that that was something I was interested in, that I wanted to gain more skills around. And lo and behold, the undergraduate university that I had had a very strong master's in social work program. I picked a major for my bachelor's that I was just interested in and that would get me a good GPA and then moved on into grad school where I received a master's in social work and a law degree at the same time because I knew that I wanted to work with people and really be a social worker, but I also saw the value of blending those two disciplines together to really get more insight into public welfare-oriented issues. So that's how I came to social work as a interest and then as a career, I moved back to Tennessee after graduating graduate school and started looking around at opportunities that would allow me to apply both of those skills. DCS is a great place to do that. We are in juvenile courts weekly, sometimes daily. As a frontline worker, we're out in the field uh, working with children and families and schools and community providers and really having to wear a lot of different hats. So started as a case manager and then has worked my way up and promoted up into central office and applied those same skills just in a different way. You know, some of those legal skills come in handy for policy development, but I never lose that social work lens because what are the words on the page actually going to mean to the children and the family and the frontline workers who are doing the, the job? I've learned sort of over time that a lot of people come to social work in a lot of different ways. Sounds like you kind of came to social work through social justice work doing around the community. Exactly. There were a lot of things going on at the time. I went to the University of Michigan, and while I was there as an undergraduate and into my grad school years, we were sued for our use of race as a component in the admissions process and trying to level out some of the known equity issues because different high schools, especially those that have Uh, high poverty levels that often cross-section with racial minorities and ethnic minorities really don't have the same sort of resources to prepare 
students for college. And so Michigan, knowing that, had a very robust and holistic view of their student applicants. We got sued because of that and was very active and involved on campus, coordinate sending students to Washington, D.C. when those cases were heard at the Supreme Court so that it was very clear that how a large portion of the student body, of course, you never have uh, uniformity in a population of over 40,000 students, but making sure that our voices were heard in that process, which also led uh, to meeting people and being more exposed to other issues, some that affect me personally or my family, as well as just seeing with more open eyes how injustice can impact access, can impact health, can impact basic survival. And so became very active and involved and still have that same mindset moving through my career at Children's Services. It definitely sounds like your education was a huge determinant, or at least your time in college was a, a huge determinant of heading you in this direction. What do you like most about your job now that you're at the Department of Children's Services? What I like about it the most, sometimes what I find the most challenging is that you never have the same day twice. And even if you think that you have addressed an issue or know what you would do in a certain situation, there's always a wrinkle, there's always something unique about it. I like that it is never boring by any stretch of the imagination. I like that we really do have latitude to be creative and really meet families where they are. If you have a situation where substance abuse is an issue in a home, there are things that we tend to do, but it doesn't mean that we have to follow a specific checklist. We really listen to what's going on. We gather information and make the best decisions with the family about what can be done in that. So I'm very much like that. At the same time, this is not an 8 to 430 job. I am on call 24-7. At any given moment, something can be brought to my attention and really can't turn off your brain in this agency. You always have to critically think. So that is something that I absolutely love. But at the same time, we do see really bad situations. We do see uh, similar situations, especially since I supervise the entire state. There are some patterns and some issues that multiple communities, multiple families are dealing with. And it can be a little disheartening at times because we hope that we are moving forward and we're helping individual families move forward, but still some of these major underlying issues, addiction, poverty, are not going away anytime soon. And so we are doing everything that we can to help those that we come in contact with, knowing that there are some much larger issues out there that uh, we need to pay attention to as well. It sounds like that's also part of the challenge in that I assume that there are different issues that are more prevalent and less prevalent in different communities, which probably presents an array of issues if you look at the whole state. It is, and being in a statewide view, since I don't work directly with children and families, I don't necessarily see the successes that happen. Oftentimes when my phone rings, it's not because something good has happened, it's because something has gone completely sideways. That, that is a challenge from a statewide perspective, but at the same time, it gives a lot of different insights because there may have been something that worked well in the east side of the state, or there's a new initiative in the middle of the state that we're learning things from, and then being able to pick that up and apply it in another area. Just because something works in uh, one area doesn't always mean that it'll work 
working on another, but there are all usually things that we can apply. Even if you're going from somewhere as urban as Memphis, we can pick it up and move it out to Scott County on the east side of the state and really see how we can take the positives and apply it uh, in a different area. So there are pros and cons to looking at social work at such a high level. Okay, because that was one of the things that I was going to ask you about is what you like most, but also what is challenging. Would you say that it's sort of the things you've already discussed and sort of how those fit together? Or is there anything else that you would mention that is a particular challenge to you or people doing your job? The, the one thing that I'll just elaborate a little bit on is a lot of the things that motivate people to come to social work and that feed the soul of a social worker are those direct client contacts. I am now much more in administration and management, and there is definitely a need for social workers in that arena as well. But I would really encourage somebody to think through where they are in their own professional development, their growth, and what really keeps them motivated and prevents burnout before moving into a more administrative role. There are times and places for all of us to do the work. I've seen people that have been in social work for 20, 30 years, and they absolutely will not move into a position like the one I'm currently sitting in because they know that's not what the work they want to do it. That is perfectly acceptable. That is something that I think is wonderful, that self-assessment and knowing what your strengths are, where your passions are, and what will keep you motivated because social work can and will burn you out if you are not careful. That was a challenge when I moved up. It was, am I ready to do this? Is this something that will keep me with children's services and keep me motivated? Because I really did very much enjoy going out and going into the schools, going into the homes, and meeting new people every day. I did make the decision to move up. I'm not, I do not regret that at all. It's just that is a challenge that I know that some people face, especially if they haven't taken the moment to think that piece of it through. I can certainly identify with your thoughts on that because I've had the same experience. I, I really did love being out there in the field and, you know, later in my career have made some decisions that have moved me away from that a little bit. What would you say keeps you doing this work? For me, I, what keeps me doing it is that I still feel challenged. I still think that there are things that I can contribute and that's what keeps me motivated, knowing that there are some of these very large issues that we are making incremental changes, but still fighting that fight, still trying to gain as much ground as possible. And really in the role that I'm at is trying to make sure that the people that are out there directly working in our communities have the skills, have the resources, have the technology, the training, but also the latitude and freedom to do the work that is not just a series of checkboxes. This is not rote. It is not mechanical. It is an art and a science all together trying to really maneuver all the complexities of the issues that face our families and kids every single day. So as long as I feel like I am helping in that process and not hindering in that process, that's what keeps me going. As soon as I think that I have nothing more to give or if I'm becoming a burden to staff, I'm not saying that I don't make policies that sometimes staff feel are a burden. But if I'm doing more harm than good, then that's when I, I know that I'm going to step away. Well, I, I appreciate your time today, Pearson. It sounds like you are certainly doing way more good than harm in this department. You bring a unique perspective, I think, from living in different areas of the country, supervising the whole state, but also that you have a social work degree and a law degree. I think that that 
definitely is a unique combination and one that this department benefits from. So I thank you very much for being here today. Are there any closing thoughts that you have? The only thing that I would like to uh, end on is a big thank you. I know that this is being recorded as part of Social Work Month. The work is important. It's not always seen, but it is definitely, definitely appreciated by both the community as well as the department and other state and community agencies. It sometimes is described as a thankless job, but you have our thanks. I would agree with Pierce on that. And I would also like to thank everyone who is out there doing social work. March is social worker month. So today I have with me Marjanae Hart-Curry. Would you go ahead and introduce yourself, Marjanae? Certainly. As stated, I'm Marjanae Hart-Curry. I am a program director in child programs with the Department of Children's Services. I have been with the department now for about 17 years, but I've been in child welfare for about 25 years. You've been with DCS for 17 years. What was your other social work experience? Well, I also worked with a private provider and then I was the juvenile court liaison. Okay. And was the juvenile court liaison with DCS? It was not with the DCS. It was with a private provider, but I worked very closely with juvenile court, the private provider, and DCS. So that allowed me to get my hands involved in all of those arenas. So I really learned a lot. It was quite an experience. So what made you interested in being a social worker? Well, this goes back probably to my volunteer years. I started volunteering with the Boys and Girls Club somewhere around the mid-90s. And I just had a passion for that work. Each year, I pretty much said, okay, I'm going to put this behind me and I'm not going to do this anymore. But I found myself returning year after year. Even after I relocated, I continued to reach out to the Boys and Girls Club and, and different organizations just to continue to do some of that volunteer work. It's something that I've always enjoyed doing. And I really did love seeing the growth of the children and how just my willingness to help them was something that they found to be very supportive and something that was really needed. I will also add that I was pursuing a master's degree in education, which I did obtain, but throughout this experience of pursuing that degree, I was able to view situations and youth and children from an educator's perspective as well as a social worker's perspective. And that allowed me to really see the disconnect in some instances between educators' thoughts that children should come to school ready to learn and being bright-eyed and bushy-tailed versus the reality of their situations in their home life often did not allow them to come to school with that level of preparedness, that level of awareness, and that willingness to come in and learn. So really being able to observe that and be a part of those conversations and really being meshed with those groups of youth and having that level of understanding, it helped me to make a decision that I really wanted to lean more to Toward being on the social work side to really help versus being on the education side, which I think is very important. But the person that I am in my bill, it really was more around being on that social work side. You bring a great deal of, of education and experience. What would you say that you like most about your job right now? Pretty much the same thing that I enjoyed about volunteering, seeing the growth, seeing productivity, seeing how things improve, being a part of a process that allows you to put pieces together and to provide something that will be helpful for children and families, but also something that will be helpful for staff. I think that we get so focused sometimes on looking at numbers and looking at outcomes. Is this better for children and families? Are our numbers improving in this area? 
area, but not necessarily totally focused on, is this also something that is supporting our frontline staff? That is a piece that to me is missing. And even for the work that I had done on the regional level myself, you don't always think that central office is taking your work into consideration or how decisions and practice and policy changes will impact the frontline worker. So I really try to make sure that I keep my ears to the ground and I'm constantly having conversations with staff to incorporate what they want and what they need. But when you put all of that together and you really see that what you have done has improved some things and has really helped to lead to getting or obtaining some of those desired outcomes, it's a great feeling. I think it is too. And I appreciate very much that you mentioned both the community and staff. We know that this is not an, an easy job by any stretch. And I appreciate that your thoughts are about supporting staff as well. What do you find the most challenging about your job? Probably not being able to get overnight successes, overnight wins, things that you believe should have some pretty easily accomplished outcomes or the solution shouldn't be so very difficult. You don't get some of those outcomes as quickly and as easily as you would like. I know that's part of the process. I know that no matter what professional arena that you're in, you're more than likely going to run into those things, but I just don't have the greatest patience for it. But I understand it. What keeps you doing this work? Again, just really seeing goals get accomplished. I also come from a family of individuals that have always served the community, have always worked to help others, rather it was through church or, you know, an organization. So it is just something that is instilled in me. And I also have nieces and my son, they're coming behind me and I want them to see that this is something that they too should find to be of importance. So it's something that I will probably always do in some form or fashion. And I feel like if I have the passion to do it, then it's something that I should be doing because if I don't, then we could very easily have people in these roles that are doing the work without passion. And to me, that would be a disaster. So would you say that you basically grew up doing some public service in your family? Absolutely. That was something that my parents and my grandparents and a couple of aunts and uncles had us doing at a very young age. And they did it in a way that you didn't really feel like you were serving the community or doing volunteer work. It was still something that you found to be rewarding and actually to some degree fun. So that helped me to kind of view it less as a chore or something that had to be done and more about, oh, this is our outing that just so happens to be also serving the community and helping others. I think that's fantastic that your family stressed that kind of thing as you were growing up. Marjanae, I appreciate the work you do, all your years of public service, as well as your family. And just thank you for being here and discussing it with us today. Not a problem. And thank you for having me. I enjoyed sharing. So continuing our series for March in speaking with social workers, my name's Kate Greer again, and I have with me today, Josh Hall. Josh, would you introduce yourself? My name is Josh Hall. I am a team leader in the Northeast region for social service, specifically in Carter County, Tennessee. I have been with the department for roughly seven years, and I also completed an internship of almost two years with the department as well. So altogether, probably nearly nine years then that you've been involved with DCS. That's correct. Josh, what made you interested in being a social worker? Growing up, there was six of us that my parents had, and then um, they also cared for six other children at the time. And just seeing my mom specifically 
help everybody. We have a farming industry. I'm from Illinois. We have a huge farming industry. And so seeing my mom interact with, with the people we employed and taking water on hot days or if we've seen somebody on the side of the road, she would stop and ask them if they were okay. Her helping people that needed clothes, that needed food. Some of my sibling friends that came over that didn't have appropriate, what she would say, appropriate shoes on that might have holes in them or clothes that might have holes in them. She always made sure that everybody had whatever they needed. Oftentimes, she would do without just so we had what we need, but also other people in the community had what needed. So just seeing her be an indirect social worker inspired me to follow in those footsteps just to help others in that capacity. You are not the first person that I've spoken with that started social work, so to speak, through their family and their family just being the type that provided service to others and that that's how they grew up. I think in social work, what we see during our younger years and growing up through our adolescent years and our teenage years, we see those interactions that our family and friends have with others. And I feel personally that what helped make us great as social workers is just observing others throughout our lives, helping people. We all help in different ways. Some may be, you know, monetarily helping. Some may be just being there to call when they need a person to talk to. So just seeing those interactions within my family and others has just made social work exciting for me, I guess you could say. What do you like most about your job right now? So what I like most about my job right now is I like helping employees develop on the internal side. I like helping them see what their areas of strength are, what their areas of need are, but also helping them take the next step in their career goals. Some people don't want to be promoted or some people don't wish to do that, but there are, are others who do. So I always try to ask the employees that I directly supervise, what's the goal for yourself? And just helping them try to reach that goal, whether it be letting them help me with team meeting tidbits and that weekly email. And then on the other side, I also like when we come in contact with our families in foster care specifically, it, it's kind of a very, very low point for them. So I like helping them highlight what they're doing right, what their strengths are, and taking their areas of need and helping them develop a plan in order to make those areas of need fall onto their strength size. So ultimately, we like to see at first you might have 10 strengths and 25 needs, but at the end, ultimately, it's seeing their reaction when they've realized they've done this, this, and this, and that strength side is now 35, and that needs maybe one or two. Seeing those positive outcomes is just the best part of our job. And it sounds like when you say positive outcomes, you mean in the community, but also with your staff, it sounds like. Of course, both sides of it. Seeing if there's a staff member that had identified maybe a year or two ago that they wanted to promote up and just seeing them become successful in doing that, or even if they haven't pro promoted up, maybe they have taken on extra roles regionally or statewide or joined different committees just for self-growth and self-development. So I think that it's just a great thing to observe and be a part of. I would agree with that. I think that's really rewarding. What do you find the most challenging about your job right now, Josh? Well, <laughs> currently, you know, we are under a global pandemic, so that has been very, very challenging for us as a child welfare agency. You know, when we started this, we really didn't have, the world really didn't have an idea of what to do. I think that we, you know, as our leadership and our uh, central office and, and our governor, they have formed the best plan they can to keep workers protected as well. But it has been very challenging over the past year to work 100% alternatively with those few instances where we do have staff in the field. Other than that, I think it's just our jobs are forever changing, our policies are forever changing, just trying to keep all of those in the back of your head and all those changes at the forefront so we're making the best decisions possible. That's also another challenge about our job. Sure, I can see that. What keeps you doing this work, Josh? 
Josh. So I think that goes with the question, you know, that we just had a few a few minutes ago. But I think it's all of the positive outcomes, seeing those success stories from staff, seeing staff development. You know, we may have a staff member that, or I may have a staff member that may have struggled in one area, but just seeing them overcome that obstacle and now they're thriving in that area to where they can maybe teach another employee where they came from to where they are now. And also, when our families reach permanency, whatever permanency looks like for them, it could be adoption, it could be return to parent, it could be excess relative. Those are all happy moments that, you know, we can celebrate as a team and the family can celebrate as a family. So ultimately, it's seeing all those positive outcomes and our hard work and our dedication to helping others overcome their obstacles. That's the very rewarding. And did you see that a lot in your family? It sounds like there were six biological siblings and six either adopted or other children that were staying with you for a total of 12. Yes, I did. I bet that was a lot of fun growing up that way. I'm sure that there were some challenges, but it was probably a lot of fun too. It was. And actually for me, you know, I was the youngest. So the one next to me is six years older than me. So when I was in high school, it was just me in the home then. So it has its benefits because it, it allows me even to the day. I mean, they're all older than me, but I take away something different from each of them every time we have a conversation. It could be about things that don't necessarily relate directly to the child, but it, they re relate indirectly. So it was great having that experience and that family to help further me into the career of social work. Yeah, it sounds like that was a big contributor for you. Is there anything else that you would like to add about social work month or your job, Josh? I would just like to recognize all the social workers across the world, regardless of if you have the official title of social worker or if you are working for an agency that could be child welfare or a different agency that employs different educational backgrounds. You know, through this pandemic, we have been there right along from the front side with all of the other first responders and responding to crisis situations and mental health needs and placement needs. So I just wanted to thank all the social workers across the world for all their hard work and their dedication, not only this past year, but every year to help families see their potential and help them reach that potential. And I would like to thank you, Josh, for being here this afternoon, but also for all that you have done in your career at DCS, but all that your family has done, too, to contribute to what is basically social working within their community. I very much appreciate you being here today, and I very much appreciate you sharing a little bit of your experience with us. Thank you very much. You're most welcome, and I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. This is Kate Greer, and again, in our series speaking with social workers about March, which is Social Worker Month, I am here with Stacy Friedrich. Would you introduce yourself, Stacy? I am Stacy Friedrich. I am a case manager three in foster care in Knox, DCS. We're happy to have you here today, Stacy. Thanks for joining us. What made you interested in being a social worker? So I actually came into social work much later than a lot of my peers. I did not go directly into social work right out of high school. As soon as I got into college, I actually had a 10 year career in mortgage and finance. Right when the mortgage industry crashed around 2008, 2009, I just kind of decided that I needed a change. And all of my life, I've been really good at building relationships with people. I've had this passion for talking to people and working with people. And it just kind of felt like it came natural to me. So I started looking into what kind of careers I could have or what kind of path I would need to take to do maybe some counseling, individual therapy, just something to really get to know people and help people. And I just sort of ended up meeting just the right people who shared personal stories with me that led me to social work. And actually my initial goal when I started to work on my degree in social work was to work in adoptions and help families who really wanted to have their own biological family, but that wasn't necessarily happening for them. So I wanted to really focus on adoption and infertility and struggles like that. It's interesting that you came from the mortgage background. 
background. It's, it's totally different. Most of the people that I know that work for the department that came through getting their degree in social work came from like child development or really did a lot of babysitting or worked at a preschool or something like that. And I, I did my fair share of that as a teenager, but I don't really know very many other people who worked in finance or in banking. So I'm sort of on my own in that regard, but it it's a natural fit, so. And it means that you bring a, a unique skill set that we appreciate to the department. What do you like most about your job these days, Stacy? I get asked this question a lot, and I think you're right. I think my background does give me a different perspective, and the fact that I didn't finish my degree until a little bit later in life gives me a different perspective. But I always go back to sitting in undergraduate social work classes and listening to fellow students talk about what their goals were and what population they wanted to work with. And a lot of people really want to work in substance use. A lot of people want to do mental health. People either know that they want to work with kids or they don't want to work with kids. I think for me, what I genuinely love the most about working for the Department of Children's Services is that I don't have to pick one population over another. I don't have to just work in substance abuse or just work in mental health. I get to see it all. I get to work with all types of people all different ages. We work for the Department of Children's Services, but it's not solely focused on the child. I get to help the child. I get to help their parents. I get to help their grandparents. I get to connect them to resources. And we do see a lot of really heartbreaking things. But on the flip side of that, when you're able to see children and families go through even generations of some pretty atrocious abuse and just horrible things happening, and they get to finally get connected to the right types of services and resources and support and process those things and actually heal from those things. And when we get to see children reunite with their parents, I can't imagine anything better than that. I can't imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing just because of the variety that I get to experience. Definitely, we don't have many days that are alike in DCS, so that makes a lot of sense. And I think for that reason, it keeps the job very interesting. What do you find the most challenging about your job? I think a, a quick answer to that would be sometimes we get so involved in these cases and we can see the potential that a, that a child or that a family has to really work on some things and get back on track and get out of the custody of the Department of Children's Services. And sometimes we can want it more than they want it. So that's definitely frustrating. But I will also say in just going back through this process, becoming a social worker, I have always known that I am a micro person. I like the working with the individual. I like working with the families. I'm not a policy person at all. However, figuring out how to navigate child welfare during a pandemic has really sort of shifted that for me. What keeps you doing this work, Stacey? Looking back at cases that I have worked over the last six years and being able to identify those cases and those families in those moments that I truly feel like I helped make a difference or helped someone realize that things could be different. I don't think that that's ever going to get old. I think that, like I mentioned previously, we see some dark things, but in those moments where we get to see the light in the darkness, we have to hang on to those. And that's truly what keeps me doing this. And I have a phenomenal team who have the same goals and the same passion for working with and helping children and families. And we really kind of step in and support each other. And so I can't imagine doing anything but this but I can't imagine doing anything without the team that I have. Well, and as I've said before, most people do not go into social work for the fame, glamour, or money. So I think that 
you're right in terms of I really do think that those wins that you talk about will continue to sustain you. It's not always easy, but you're obviously very committed. And I think it's great that you also have a really supportive team because I think that that in general for anyone in any job really makes a difference. Absolutely. Well, Stacey, I thank you very much for speaking with us this afternoon. I thank you for all the work you do for the children and families in the state of Tennessee, for the support that you offer your team as they offer you. Thank you for being a social worker. Thank you. Please join DCS Talks again to hear other subject matter experts discussing ways to advocate for children and build resilient communities.